If you are thinking about having children and you would like to have this insurance policy, do it before you're 35. You're just going to give yourself the best chances if you're going to invest in something like egg freezing. The whole point of doing it is that you're preserving high quality eggs. Welcome back to Off the Gram, the show where we bring you straight into the trenches with us to help you live your best life, channel your inner girl boss, and navigate the ever-changing landscape of wellness and social media. Yay! Hey guys, that was, oh my god, that was so girly and awful. Alright, can we just like change that up? Woo-woo! Somebody do something different. Just that was like Jersey Fist Yeah, Yes, that was all four of us being so girly. That's true. We are so excited today. This is like one of our more exciting episodes because of our guests. So, Miss Allie Teach is here. Yay! 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 I'll do the non-girly one. There you go. So, Allie's the the resident tomboy. (laughs) But, Allie, before I go into, like, who you are, Allie was a part of this podcast at its early inception when we were putting it together, um, and we were kind of concepting it and developing it, and then Allie's life took an exciting turn when she accepted this huge, amazing amazing job, which we'll get into in a second, and moved to Atlanta. Well, actually moved, like, all over the country. Like, I can't even keep up with your Instagram stories. Where in the world is Allie? Yeah. (laughs) I live on Delta. Yeah, it's my home. Accurate. So, um, I can, like, I'm going to go into, like, the two-second background of who you are, but then I want you to tell us what you're up to now, because it's, like, really exciting and compelling. The way that we, you and I met originally was through The Sweat Life. So you're kind of like one of the OG fitness bloggers, right? And we worked together back in my PR days. Um, I do know that you started off with your 10-year career in television and media, including The Late Show with David Letterman, CBS Television, Tribeca Film, and Condé Nast. Then you switched your focus to health and wellness when your mother was, of course, diagnosed with cancer. And you were a lifetime athlete, and all of that kind of contributed to uh, that lifestyle change. And you really had a goal to, to help people lead a health healthier life. So in 2013, you founded The Sweat Life, which was a website and branded uh, video content series that gave a weekly insider sneak peek into the hottest workouts, healing practices, and nutrition trends in New York City and beyond. What I love most about you, (laughs) this is kind of your beyond the resume, is that you are one of the more authentic people that I've ever met in my life. Thank goodness. You've got a lot of opinions (laughs) and you're not afraid to share them. And I really do love that about you. And you tend to dive into topics that people are scared to discuss. Fair? Fair. Yes. Fair. <laughs> um, you know, everything from grief to dating to health and fitness and beyond. Uh, you are obviously a strong, single, sexy woman. Or is uh, that changed? My number is nine. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you really do have this passion for life that's magnetic. So we are so happy to have Aww. you here. Why don't you tell us what took you away from us? Uh, <laughs> let me just do any tissues. Oh, oh. Crying, you're crying. <laughs> um, what took me away from you? Uh, it's a terrible twist. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm questioning all decisions. No, now, no, now that you're hormonal, that's all. Hormones. I blame hormones. Hormonal. So yes, it has been a topsy turvy few months. Um, for reasons that I will be able to share at some point, I'm going to be fully rebranding. Um, so the sweat life, I, I no longer own the trademark, the sweat life. Um, so everything that was formerly the sweat life as it 
applies to me will now be Ali Teach, including my Instagram handle uh, at some point. It's a brave move. I don't think people Mm -hmm. outside of the Instagram world realize how hard it is to rebrand like that. It's a really brave, Mm -hmm. bold move. That was your identity. That was you. You were, people would call you sweat life, not Ali Teach. I don't think, I I would say like 70% of New York doesn't actually know my name is Ali and just thinks my name is sweat Sweat life. I do too. And George, my yeah. husband, is always like, yeah. like I'll be like, yeah, yeah, this is more early on probably uh-huh. in our relationship. But I, he'd be like, who is there? And I'd be like, you know, like, da da da, and MIC pretty. He's like, her name is Christine. She's one of your best friends. Yeah. Why don't you call her by her name? And it's like, we're so conditioned. But Alex does it the is. opposite of that because I call people by their names, and my husband, Alex, will be like, who? Oh. And I'll be like, NYC pretty. And he'll be like, oh, why didn't you just say that? I'm like, because she has a name. No, it really happens. And I'll explain the, the new job. But when I am on set now for the new platform, which I'm running, people will walk in and they'll, they'll have been emailing with me for like a month, setting up their shoot. And then afterwards, or I go to tag them in something from my Sweat Life account. And they're like, oh, oh. Right. Oh my god, I follow you. Yeah. That's why you look it's, familiar. And there's there even there's just no association. It's so and if you rebrand, then you have to you have to like you'll be you don't just change your name. You're gonna have a whole new account. Um so I just will switch the name. So oh, luckily okay. I can keep content. Keep keep all the content. Okay. I can I don't have to re- I'm not retroactively changing anything. It's just moving forward. Um it will be Ali Teach. Which is actually wonderful, and it's wonderful. I love that your timing. last name is Teach. It's one of those like, cause you're gonna teach us something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, teach, actually, one of my you. best friend from college calls me Teach Me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I am blessed slash cursed with a first name that no one can spell correctly, A L Y, and a last name that no one says correctly, cause yeah. it's T E I C H. Yes. So I get Tech Teich. <laughs> It's teach, yes, like teach me, like I'm gonna teach you some. Um, well, now everybody watching and listening knows. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Teach us about your new job. Teach. I want to hear about your so new job. So teach you about my new job. So yes, it's it worked out. Uh, this rebrand and handing over the brand rights to someone else was perfect timing. About a week later, I got a call from a new media company called Desire List out of Atlanta, wondering what I was up to. And I had uh, known one of the founders from college, but it was actually his co-founder that read the, I had written an article about influencers versus experts. Mm-hmm. And she had read the article, found me and brought me to the co-founder was like, this is our missing link. This is who we need. And he's like, I know Allie. So he gave me a call um, and told me what they were up to and flew me down to Atlanta. And it happened all pretty quickly. It all happened really quickly. So to tell you about Desire List, I just could not be more excited. And you guys are all going to, in the next hour, learn about me and understand why this is so perfect for me. But it is a digital media platform. Uh, The focus is video content. And the videos, the bread and butter of the videos are super authentic product reviews from industry experts and professionals. So an example would be an NFL player comes in onto set 
empties his gym bag and I go, okay, show me the 10 products you actually use the most. What we are trying to do, and I, I know everyone in this room, including myself, um, as our Instagram influencers and Instagram is beautiful in many ways. And I've spoken openly about my gripes about it. Um, and a few of them are that there's a lot of misinformation out there, uh, particularly in the health and fitness space and that people who are not actually experts, um, are giving a whole lot of dangerous advice in, in my opinion. And, um, and then there's a lot of pay for play as we all know. And it's what you have to do to exist. You know, it used to be that you have these very cool brand partnerships with, and I think that still exists, but now with the volume of influencers out there, brands are sending a product out with a creative brief and a script, and they give you a few days to shoot this beautiful content and put it out into the world exactly as they want it. Um, So a lot of times I know for myself that I didn't even get a chance to really use the product or if, you know, I want, I'm known for being authentic and they said they were choosing me because I was authentic, but yet handing me a script. Mm -hmm. Um, So for all those reasons, there seems to, I truly believe there is a need to put experts and professionals at the forefront and give them a platform where their voices matter and their experience matters. And it's not about their following. It's about their years of experience and the valuable insights they have about the products that they genuinely authentically use in their professional lives. So question. So like, let's say that football player opened up his gym bag. Do you know what's in that bag before you shoot it? Like, did he, do you guys like, did you plant anything or is it all his stuff? So some, Sometimes yes, and sometimes we don't plant anything. Okay. So sometimes yes, and sometimes no. So um, to back up for a second, so it's NFL players, okay. uh, professional dancers, oh. makeup art, professional dancers. They live on the road. They're touring, yeah. so they give packing advice. Trainers, mm-hmm. nutritionists, makeup artists, Fun. estheticians. Um, so it's Hi, I got some experts for you in the Good Housekeeping Institute. Yes. Yeah. Beauty chemist. Yes. My cleaning experts yes. with 34 yes. years experience. Like I think we could do something really fun. But, the, but these are the people, yes. right? Like they mm-hmm. know so much, but they might not have a huge mm-hmm. social media following. So where does their ex- zero social media for mm-hmm. right. Because they're doing their jobs yes. and they're, they're busy being, being experts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Christine, to answer your question, it's, so we don't plant anything. Okay. Do I know what's in their bag? I try right, just right. for planning purposes. <laughs> so like, can you send me the products you're bringing? Yeah. A lot of times they don't, or they'll bring other stuff. <laughs> and it's simply for us to just know Get how many. Yeah. Um, we do do what we call reverse brand partnerships uh, with what we also call true testing. So trial, review, right. use, those are all the things. Um, so a brand reaches out. They want one of our pros to try their product. Um, they pay a small fee for the pro to actually use it. And we work with the brand and say, okay, what, a ther- let's use a Theragun. So uh, a Theragun reaches out. We'd li- love an NFL player to try it. Okay, what what does it look like for an NFL player to trial a Theragun mm-hmm. to give a proper review? Okay, they're using it for a few weeks. They're, so we come up with the criteria of what the use case looks like. The NFL player actually uses it. If they believe in it, then we film the review and what they actually thought about right. it. And if not, we send the feedback to the brand for 
uh, product development. Okay. And has that it, happened? Um, not yet. No. Okay. So is that not. is, I mean, in a sense, sometimes if it's done right, and I feel like it needs to happen more on Instagram, we do do that sometimes. Like I'll do that with a brand, but I'll say, Hey, I need to try this for a month or two. And yep. I want to see if I really like this. And if I don't, I'm not going to take the campaign. Like, so it's like not giving back the money, but it's like, okay, sucks for me. I'm going to lose out on a thousand dollars or whatever the fee is, but I don't think I'm going to put that on my scalp. You know what I mean? Totally. But I don't this think is like, just like the good housekeeping seal. I'm like fascinated by this because that's exactly what we do in the Institute. We'll look at a product and sometimes they'll apply for the good housekeeping seal and our scientists will bounce it, bounce it back and say, you need to reformulate or you need to change this claim. Mm-hmm. This doesn't pass mustard as is. This is why we don't like it. Here's how we would love it more. I love this. this is what, <laughs> so what I, just, I love. I just want you to know, Megan. So we, we, use the good housekeeping <laughs> seal as like standard. A, a marker or standard that we it's are. It's the most trusted hmm. consumer emblem. I'm getting so excited. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're like, we, we want, if we can achieve where there can is a desireless. The yes. Oh my God. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. yes. Ah. yes. We're making money moves. Yes. I'm freaking like, out. And, and the difference is, but we, we don't want to be become you we want to be a version of you where you guys are scientific testing and you're we're taking industry professionals with their authentic take on things sure um so yes (laughs) what i love so much is that this is the perfect platform for ali because Mm -hmm. ali was all always like the anti-influencer influencer influencer, right (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you're you're part of you're part of the scene you're part of the game you know and you're part of people love to get ali's you know opinion and amplification on instagram Mm -hmm. like they they ask from all of us but Allie was like always this real interesting double-edged sword because she would do the campaigns for brands that she liked working with, but also she like kind of hated the influencer game, yeah. which is fair. And so I really think it is so fascinating that the universe put this opportunity in your lap yeah. because it literally speaks to exactly who you authentically are. It's what you were looking for. Like you yeah. said, I wanted yeah. to do this. So what's, what's crazy is that <laughs> I, so I knew that I was going to be doing the rebrand. I knew that the right. Sweat Life chapter was going to be be closing and I wasn't sure what was going to be after. Mm-hmm. I actually, my plan, I really wanted time off. Well, I was going to say, you poor thing. All you kept saying was, yeah, I need some downtime. I need, I, need, yeah. you know, I just need yeah. some downtime. Like I need time off. I need, I need my E-Pray love trip. Maybe <laughs> but you also wanted a like a, a regular schedule, like a regular yes. job. There, there like were this. things that I was wanting yeah. that I've gotten out of this. But what's crazy <laughs> is when I was thinking about what would be next for me, I kept coming back to this idea of building a platform that was rooted in professionals and experts Mm -hmm. and that I truly believed that that was the next iteration. So for this to come in such a serendipitous way, I just... It makes you believe in the universe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just have to say, like, I think this makes so much sense now that I got to fill your very big gold shoes. <laughs> yeah. Is because I'm not really an influencer. I'm more of an expert. Um, and I have fitness expertise and certifications and magazine expertise and whatnot. So it actually, it all makes sense. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Like, really bolts, yeah. that I actually could fill your shoes. Everything happens oh, for a reason. I'm not sure I could fill your shoes. <laughs> and, then, and then you guys might actually do something together. Like, I you yeah. brought her, that yeah. you guys brought you two together. Yeah. I love that. We'll all go to the good 
love that. Nice to do. All right, should we zing through our, yes. our sweat this really quick? Because oh, I want to yeah. get into the topic, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're going to do this real lightning round style today. Okay, okay, so really quickly, this is a topic, as you know, a little part in the um, segment where we all share an item that we're loving, can't live without, come across. I have this cool, it matches my outfit. Um, <laughs> Shocking. This is a fanny pack, a clutch, or a belt bag. I'll show the audience, I'll show you girls. Um, and it's really special because it was created by a girl, um, stage four cancer survivor. And she wanted to give back. So she, um, part of the proceeds go back to cancer research at UCLA. And I just thought it was so cool because it is cute. I mean, right now it looks like a mess of, of different, like, straps, but you can take all the straps off um, and it comes in different colors, so you don't have to wear bold, bright red, but it's great for kids. It's great for, I mean, I have one in silver that I think is more adult looking. Um, it can be a crossbody bag. It's a cute gift. Um, it just does, What's it's such brand? a good cause. Oh, did I not say the brand? No. Oh, sorry. Zero negative. Zero and negative. For, so, oh, for those yeah, of you yeah. who can't see it, yes. Yes. Um, it's a heart. It's adorable. And so, and it says, it says all over the front. Love. Love. And zero negative is because it's zero negativity and she wanted to bring all the love back. So, and she's doing really well. So she's, she's great. Um, she's a sweetheart and she's a friend of a friend that I met through my sister. So I was super happy to help her. And I actually got her on, um, a little morning show too. So I was trying to spread the love and help her out, but it's a really, check it out. It's zero negative.com. What's her name? Yeah. Her name is Jennifer Greenhut. Jennifer Greenhut. Yes. Good for you. She's a Sending sweetheart. Sending you continuing yes. healing vibes. I need so, to buy one of those things. Yeah, you have to. And they're really cute. So, like, it's a crossbody, and then when it, when you do a belt bag, or just, like, a little clutch, you can just hold it by this little handle here. Kind of looks like a little strawberry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the red Love is it. a little bit more, you know, Does it come in orange? It comes in black, silver, and white, I think, and then the red. Okay. I don't think it comes in orange. But they have totes. They have, um, I think they have a backpack. Now, she's, she's expanding, but there's a nice tote. Like, my mom loves the tote. And they all say love. It's very love nice. So, you love that. Spread the love. <laughs> I am all about spreading love yes. and positivity. We and sure sweat this. Okay, so listen. We're here to talk about eggs, okay? <laughs> so, like, one minute, they're for you, like, non-vegans for your trendly <laughs> omelet at Sunday brunch. <laughs> and uh, the next thing you know, you're supposed to be freezing them. How is it that so many of us today wake up and just one day realize... Oh my God, I'm almost 40 and I was being so busy being cool and ambitious and, you know, having a career that I forgot to have kids. <laughs> so we hear it every day from our friends and more often than ever, the topic of egg freezing comes up as casual chatter at parties or dinners or lunches or hangouts or sweat fests. <clears throat> With so many new and amazing options out there, it does seem more normalized, approachable and affordable than ever. Boutique egg freezing studios are popping up like Starbucks, which is pretty cool. And insurance is now covering your first round of IVF for most insurances. It's like a very common practice now in the U.S., uh, but that doesn't mean that it isn't scary. So, Allie, teach, teach me, uh, the creator of Sweat Life and one of the OG wellness bloggers is also a late 30 single gal currently undergoing the egg freezing process. So, she's here to join us to shed some light on everything that we all need to know. So, Allie, woohoo, let's talk, babe. What do you want? Should we start in oh, the fallopian no. tubes, <laughs> ovaries? Can, or can we say vagina? Oh, yes. we say we it all say the time. Vagina. Yeah, we say it a lot. 
vagina. But I just go, I'm seriously like, what, really where do we begin? But also, like, are you going to put, like, because I know you story this a lot. So now is it like a highlight now that people can go to your account and watch it if they want to? Or Yes, I'm, I am, as you know, not the, the model Instagram user. So I have created a highlight. Is it perfectly populated with everything? No. But we're going to work on that. And there's a lot for you to find. Um, but... I have uh, decided, and we can go into why I decided, I am going to be freezing my eggs with a newer fertility clinic. They are incredible, called Kind Body, and we are actually documenting my entire journey together. Um, So they have hired a film crew Mm -hmm. that is going to be following me around for two weeks. Um, I believe the at-home stuff... I'm going to be filming myself, but I don't know if the cameraman's hot enough, he's coming home to film. <laughs> How you, you might not sleep. have to put your eggs <laughs> authentically need to see how my sleeping patterns right, are with right. hormones. So yeah. you and I need to come in my bedroom. Into a love story. I, I love it. I know. I, I, I met know. her. Drama. Oh, it's a, if I swung that way, she would be. Oh. So it's a she. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh. So, so, I hope it turns into a love story anyway. So at least my eggs never need to. Allie, I am. Um, I did IVF, you know, to have both yes. my kids and yes. I really wave the flag very high for egg freezing because I have so many friends that are in the exact position of what Allie was describing earlier. So many. Late 30s, early 40s, and they're like, whoops, I really forgot to have kids. For me, I even had my second child a lot later. I was very lucky both my IVF rounds worked. Had they not, you know what I mean? I would really would have, I was like 38 and I would have been in a position where your eggs have degraded now, like so, so quickly. And every year I know your kind of statistical chances go down. So tell us a little bit about when you started thinking about this, when you actually started doing mm-hmm. it, and what are your reasons? Yes. So this, let's take it way back <laughs> to 2015. Um, so I was in a very serious relationship until I was 33. Um, and the relationship ended in 2015, um, six months after my mother had passed away from ovarian cancer. And I went in for my annual that year, and I walked into the gynecologist office, which going to the gynecologist as a single 30-something is so fun anyway, <laughs> but in particular when they have a relationship with your mother. So I walk in, and everyone's already crying because they haven't seen me. I'm like, <sighs> Do I have to freeze my eggs? Because I'm single now. I'm 33. Um, And my gynecologist was like, you know what, honey? I think you've been through enough this year. Let's wait until you're 35. We'll talk about it at 35. Um, And I will backtrack as to why I sort of wish she had just given me a year. Because that 35 mark does matter. So... Didn't think about it. Took it off my plate until 35. Went in for my annual. I was still single. Um, went in for my annual at 35. Oh, my God. Do I have to raise my eggs? Do I have to do the, do the sound? She's like, do you feel ready? Is this something you want to do? I'm like, I don't uh, uh. She's like, one more year. So I went in at 36. And she's. I, I looked at her and she's like, you want babies? I'm like, yep. She's like, time to freeze them. And then I put it on me. I dragged my feet for a year. I think, um, you know, at that time I was full swing sweat life, which means that a huge part of my career is working out. You have to take three, three, sometimes three plus weeks 
off of that. Um, it's hugely expensive. Uh, you know, two years, the only quotes I was getting was like $20,000. So that scared me. So I, I dragged my feet and I went back in for my annual this year and it was just, I couldn't put it off any longer. Um, what I wish is because now I've learned there, there is, and I'm telling all of you women out there between the ages of 30 and 35, if you are thinking about having children and you would like to have this insurance policy, there, do, do it before you're 35. You're just going to give yourself the best chances if you're going to invest in something like egg freezing. The whole point of doing it is that you're preserving high quality eggs. Um, and after 35, you're, it's not about the amount of eggs. It's the quality of eggs that you're putting on ice to preserve. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be this cliff after 35. It's, Look, I'm 38. I'm doing it. It is very hopeful. I have all reasons to be hopeful, but it is certainly more difficult. And I'm probably going to have to do two rounds of it, which is more expensive, more on my body. Um, so do they after a certain, like, cause I'm older than you, yeah. but I'm married, but I'm still at the point where I still, who knows if I can have kids, who knows if I want them. I still, I'm still in that weird, I don't know area, which is weird that I'm in that weird area, but do they even discourage it after, like you're saying, I'm over 38. So do they say like, okay, you hit 40, you just either take it, nature, let nature take its course, or it's just a waste. I think it's a discussion at that point. Because even with me, they were were putting on the table, you know, have you thought about having a child on your own? This would be a great time to think about just going down that route. So they were, and, and because of You know, the beginning, I I was very taken back because I didn't understand this 35 cliff. You guys, can I just cut in here and say that after 34, so 35 and up, it is labeled a geriatric pregnancy. It is a geriatric advanced maternal age. I'm like, I had a kid nine months ago. What are you talking about? It is like, it's like obviously all these medical terms like hostel uterus and geriatric pregnancy were made by men, but like it's a thing. It's a real thing. It's a thing. And I will talk about why kind body is led by women for that exact reason. But I, I mean, to answer your question, if you at all want options, right. go meet with a fertility specialist. Like you could go have a meeting with the doctors at Kind Body and find out what your choices are. Right. I, they are right. having me go forward with this at 38 and feel that it's still something very worthy to do mm-hmm. if I want the chance for kids. But they are also very precautionary that this is simply an insurance policy and doesn't guarantee anything. Um, And then, yes, this very male doctor. So I went to Cornell. I was shopping around where I was going to do it. My gynecologist had recommended Cornell because they have such a good track record. And I walk in and you know, I was my mom's caretaker through five years of cancer. So I've spent plenty of time in the hospital and I try to avoid going into hospitals now. And I walk into this huge institution immediately. I'm just like, and and it's, you know, it's emotional. Yeah. It's an emotional yeah. choice. I'm facing the music. I'm 38. I'm single. I, you know, I don't think anyone would choose to get to the point where you have to pay tens of thousands of dollars to put your eggs on ice. So I'm already sort of high emotion. And then I have to sit through these meetings where, because my mother passed away from ovarian cancer, her sister had breast cancer, my grandmother had breast cancer there, and, you know, all gynecological female cancers. So we're having to go through my whole family history. What does that mean for risks for me? And then my age. And then it's like, 
Uh-huh. It, it just really digs in. What sort of testing did they have? Did they have you do before they were like, "You're a good person for freezing your eggs"? Like, what good candidates are a good person? We all know you're a good person. You know what I mean? Did you have to do like a barrage of tests? I or? did. So they took um, about a half of my body weight worth of blood. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think there was like 27 miles. Um, so yeah, so you go and you meet with the doctor. They're pretty, very precautionary. He did this scary little graph, which we can talk about. <laughs> so they, uh, take blood tests. I get to, uh, I guess they're, um, seeing certain hormone levels in your blood. And then you get a transvaginal sonogram, which, um, looks at how many follicles yeah. you have in each ovary and how, and it, changes throughout your cycle but it's pretty telling mm-hmm. of kind of where you're at um and uh i i believe you want it's like five is the good number i should have written i don't remember because I, I don't recall when i did ivf like i got um 17 eggs, but then, yeah, but then only four of them fertilized mm-hmm. and then only two were viable. Oh, and gosh. lucky for me, they became my two kids because yeah. they both implanted. But like, that's how it can that's go. So lucky. Yes. That's how so it can go. So lucky. it really is this really interesting. And I was sitting in the recovery room from the egg retrieval with another woman who was kind of waking up out of, cause they put you under, um, was oh. waking up as well. And she, it was her second time because the first time they had gone in and they got like 20 something, but none of them like made it. So it's a very interesting emotional process and none of it is a guarantee yeah. and that is why it's so crazy because it, it is yeah. very expensive so if they don't it is. And what they guys, say, do, if they don't get it like you were saying her second time do you have to pay for that second mm-hmm. time yeah mm-hmm. so what they so what they say um is that you want you need 10 viable eggs per pregnancy to try for a pregnancy to be safe. So because of what my numbers showed, um, I will likely have to do two cycles realistically. Um, so they, they do all those testings to decide the, uh, the dosage of medicine you get, because Mm -hmm. it's also, they're putting a lot of hormones in your body and there's a, a limit to that. Um, but then, Exactly for what Jamie was saying, like you, you you get a certain amount of eggs that they actually can. So they give you all this medication. Your body creates all these. So let's talk. Let's let's slow it down because I want people to understand. Understand. So so the medication is a shot, and you give it to yourself. There's lots of many shots. Yeah, yeah. So So you give yourself a shot every day for how how many weeks? So I give myself several shots a day. Um, so it was, I went in for my, my medical lesson and was like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot, but apparently everyone says that after, so you, you give yourself these shots for two Is it like two manicure? Weeks. Is it, is it like the ones in the butt? So this is Heidi talking. If you can't see me, um, I did fertility. I did, I was on hormones for two years just to get a cycle because I was so thin for so many years that I wasn't getting one. Once I went off the pill, like the pill gives you a fake period, which mm-hmm. people don't know. Um, but then of course all the doctors were like, of course it's a fake period. It's not real. Blah, blah. And I'm like, 
No one ever told me this. Wait, what, what um, about that? Because they ju- they put me on the pill, which I just the cycle. To get just, the cycle. Yes, yeah. which is something they do, but that's hormones. Yeah. But like when you're on a pill every month, it's not necessarily like a real period that you're having. It's not actually Got the it. shedding of the lining. It. It's like, it's not the full thing. Mm-hmm. So when you go off the like I was off the pill for two years and never got a period. So they were like loading me up with all the fertility hormones to try to just get me to get a period. Um, and then I went through all of the um, injections and all of those things. And I did IUIs. So I was super lucky that I got pregnant with the twins on an IUI. Like turkey basting, right? Yes, totally. I did the, I tried that six times. Y- yeah. Never worked for Wait, me. Wait, what's IUI? I know none of this. Intrauterine insemination. Yeah, oh. so basically they take, your husband goes up in a room, mm-hmm. he does whatever he does. He gives them some vaccines. He brings it back. It's so, yeah, it's so interesting because I think, I always look at the woman at the front desk there and I'm yeah. like, you have such a weird job. Yeah. But, okay. So yeah. he, he brings, you know, he brings right. that to them and they put it in a sterile, you know, environment and they basically put it in a turkey baster and they but oh. they're doing it they're putting it in you in the right position into the right place at the exact right time of the month they've like given you a trigger shot they sometimes I, oh. what like is there mood lighting or are you right in yeah. environment no. No. no you're in like a dive like it would be nice room. if they made it like cozy mm. and loving nice. right? I know this is nice. what I said about hinge yeah. but it just doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. right time go right. swipe buy me a wine you know right. so I got all the trigger <laughs> shots before because I did Kofi Nas fertility group and I couldn't love them more like they were the most positive amazing humans they were men there are women on the staff but the brains behind it is a doctor called George Kofi Nas and he's brilliant and for me the biggest thing was his positivity because mm-hmm. like it was just devastating for me like the whole process like I just assumed the moment I got off the pill I was going to get pregnant like it didn't even like I was terrified of going off the pill I think that's what's so challenging for body people like us is that there's not much you can do to control it you can't do an extra mm-hmm. set of squats you can't do a lot of push ups and have kale yeah. and suddenly I have more eggs and I'm pregnant right and mm-hmm. I think that's why I, like I had reverse fertility issues. I am fertile Myrtle. And I think like the universe gave me that gift because I don't think I could have handled it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, and I think also what's so interesting and we'll see, look, I'm, I'm freezing my eggs. I'm not trying. I haven't tried to get pregnant yet. I come from a long line of incredibly fertile women and I am hoping that's on my side. Granted, I will be the oldest one to try to have kids and one of the very nice male doctors um, <laughs> let me know that. I'm like, but my whole family is fertile. He's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. You're 38. I'm like, do they tell you you um, could use it said that. at a certain yeah. time? Like, so you're freezing it. So do they say, like, you have to you, like, you have to be a certain yeah, so they, to, they have to a, have them well, I mean, I could, like, did you, so the, the eggs have the a 10 year, they have a 10 year shelf life. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, I didn't know there was a shelf so life. I could be well, 48, but. They say but that, but then, then I went to a panel recently with the head, wait, I thought it was the head of kind body. Could be. <laughs> but, but, but I was told that in that panel, said. one of the doctors said that there's a 10 year, and then the other doctor said that that's not true. So I don't know if that's like information but that's out there. That. I can so tell you, I don't, I'm not going to have a kid at 48. Right. right. So, but, right so I'm saying, but, do they tell you, Ali, you should not have these put back inside of you or whatever happens. Like you shouldn't you know, do this by, by 45, you have to make a decision. Like, do they tell you I, at an age you shouldn't birth a baby? They didn't, we didn't get okay. that far, to be honest. Gotcha. We did not have that conversation. Okay. Um, I will just address Megan, your point. What has struck me is I feel like as strong, healthy, feminist, yeah 
independent women who, and I, I know all of you and I see what you put out into the world every day, which is so encouraging and self love and age doesn't matter and own your body size. And it's, it's the one time where it's age literally matters and it does. And it's, it's a weird conversation because I have had this platform for so long of like, you do you and just be your healthiest self. And, and it is this weird thing of it doesn't, it's not about, I mean, maybe it's like the career choices I've made that have led me, who knows lifestyle wise, but from a physical standpoint, if you cry, it, it is cry. the one. Yeah. Like yeah. 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 I want to hug you. It's the hormones. <laughs> the hormones. Um, but it, 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 it is, it's a bizarre <laughs> experience of like, yeah. for the you can say like age beautifully yeah. and who cares and you know I turned thirty eight last week and it's just a number but like yeah. it um, matters yeah. when it comes to fertility and. Man, can I be honest? Yeah. I just turned forty-four, and I am sort of mourning the the fact that I'm not going to have any more kids. Like I really had this moment of like, I have a nine, seven, and a six-year-old. That's it. I'm forty-four. My husband is fixed, and we're done having kids. And I had a full-blown moment of like, wow, I'm fucking forty-four, and I'm not going to have any more kids. And, and would like, you want them? I I I lost my dad to pancreatic cancer, and I after that happened, it opened my eyes to wanting an entire football team of children. Oh. Um, but it was already too late yeah. because I had had my husband fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless you, can Patrick Murphy. I love you. It can. Yes, but I'm 44, yeah. and I have three healthy children, yeah. and so we really talked that through. And it was something my husband would have done for me. Um, Instead, I just said, okay, just buy me a dog in the Gucci bag and then call the day. Because we got three healthy kids. Um, so I do have Dempsey in a really great crossbody. Um, <laughs> Dempsey being the dog. Yeah, Dempsey being the dog. Because you need a son. I feel that as someone who never had a fertility struggle, I do feel as a 44-year-old woman right now, like I do feel a sense of loss. And yeah. I do feel a sense of like, wow, that's done for me. Um, and I'm grateful that I did have a couple of kids. Maybe you should just go to get knocked up tomorrow. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, I am just swiping right every day, Aww. hoping for the chance for that. Yeah. And and look, when they when they brought up, would you consider having kids on your own? I, I have to really go home and think about like, do I do that now? Um, having kids on my own is something I. You know, I I would rather do this all with a partner. Yeah. I, I would, and. Um, I celebrate women who who make that choice, and I'm prepared to make that choice. I always was like 40 now. I'm like 42, oh, <laughs> uh, and and I hope I hope I will have a partner in my life. If I don't, uh, then that is a choice I'm going to make on my own to have a, a partner or to do it on my own. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I would love the chance at doing this naturally and. It, I am trying to keep a brave face, but I, I think that's also a big part of why I dragged my feet going into it. And I think why a lot of women who have now shared, because I've been sharing my journey and I will be sharing the whole journey, have shared back of why they've also dragged their feet is you, you do have to sort of own up to this place in life that you might not want to be in, which is, I am of a certain age that I need to now preserve where I'm at from a fertility perspective physically because that's only declining. I am single and I don't, I don't have prospects at the moment to do this naturally. So this is my option. And it's, it's 
not the option I want. And I'm grateful that I have it. And I'm grateful that financially I can afford this and that I'm healthy enough to do it. But I think I procrastinated for almost the hope that no, it'll work out. It'll work out. I'll meet someone. I'll meet someone. Most people do. And that's why I think, you know, uh, my mom swears that she suggested in my late twenties that I should freeze my eggs. And I don't remember ever having that conversation. It could be because I was in like a party haze in my late twenties and like was pretty much blacked out for like five years. But also I think that Hmm. nobody really wants to, like, it's not even, it's one of those things when you're in your late twenties, you're like, I'm going to meet him tomorrow. Why would I do that? But like, you may not. And the point is, if it's something that you can do, it's a really good insurance policy. Mm -hmm. Plus, just um, kind of, you know, uh, biologically, these days, women are having more and more fertility issues, arguably because of hormones and pesticides and things that are in our food and environmental issues. There is there is an opportunity for you to give yourself the best shot possible, which is why I always wave the flag high for early egg freezing yeah. if you can do it. Can you just walk us through? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are really overwhelmed by the cost yeah. and they think that the length of it, that it mm-hmm. it's like a year-long process, but it's really only like six, six weeks. How yeah. long, how long does it start like, to finish? And uh, to your point on cost, is there any, do they do anything? Like, do they work with people who, let's say there is... There's, you know, yes. girls who just cannot afford this. Yes. It's never going to be in their budget. What what do they do? So um, I can speak for Kind Body. Uh, and this is part of what I love about Kind Body in general. So we'll go piece by piece. Um, the the length, did you ask for length yes. first? Um, so it is end to end. So I start on Thursday, okay. technically. So the, the actual, like... I put the first needle in my body and then someone sticks a needle in me to get those eggs back out end to end is about a 10 day to two week process. But you've been on hormones. I've been on the pill so that they they could time up. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's Mm -hmm. just the, the physical, Mm -hmm. you've chosen where you're going, all of that. I had started this process of, am I going to do this? I mean, I guess at 33, but, but Mm. this round, um, I had my first meeting with a fertility doctor in September and it is mid November. Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to shop around for options. And, um, so let's say I, I find my option, which was kind body. Um, and, they, they put you through testing and then you have to start it with the start of a period. So you can either, so not only do you have to start it with the start of a period, but the other things that have to happen is you have to be, you have to have two weeks of your life where you're not going to work out. Uh, no sexual intercourse. Um, and then no travel. And I have a lot of travel for work. So if you're someone who travels no for work, tra- you can't get on no travel. So you have to be grounded in the same place. And a lot of that, I'm not sure if it's the health reasons for the travel or because I have to go in to see the doctor to get testing every other day. So you have to be yeah. in the same place. Um, so 
if you are someone that needs to sort of schedule when those two weeks in your life is going to be like me, then what they do is they put you on the birth control pill. If you are not already on it, I've not taken it for years. So that has been an experience, which we can discuss. What else can they throw at you right now? (laughs) Um, So that they can time exactly when they stop Mm -hmm. the period, stop the pill to start the period, to trigger you to go into then this, um, two week period. So really all in guys, like if you put it all together, it's like a month of your life, but not straight. The actual part of it is two weeks from what I've heard. Then there's like a week recovery period. I mean, you've had all of these hormones pumped into you. You had a little mini surgery that it's, they go in with this very long needle. You're out for like 15 minutes and you wake up and apparently you're just a little crampy afterwards. It's not a big deal. Um, and we can explain Says who, that a is. woman or a man? It wasn't a big deal for me. It wasn't? Okay, a, wo- a woman and female friends. Only asking because yeah. I had to have a circlage in my twin pregnancy and my very male doctor was like, oh, it'll be like a little discomfort. Every single woman nurse who was in the hospital, bless their hearts, afterwards was like, this is worse than childbirth, this pain. Oh, God, really? <gasps> I don't yeah. want to scare people at home. No. So like, yeah. I, I did. I've been female through this. Fra- I've been through the egg retrieval yeah. process. Said it was not so bad. Okay. It's, it's okay. not, it's nothing. I mean, they give you a little pain medication. Yeah. Like, so you, they'll put you under, um, you're literally under for no more than 20 minutes. And when you wake up, they'll have an IV and they'll give you a little, like, whatever, like an morphine, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You have a little bit of pain medication just to make sure that you're not like crampy. And then you, you get up and you have someone take you home. And then what was your recovery after that? There was no recovery from that. It was not a big deal. However, Did you feel emotionally and hormonally, the hormones never, never affected me or bothered me. Like the shots, I didn't find a big deal. They're like little teeny guys in your tummy. The shots that went in my butt mm. when I was actually going to have the egg implantation and the then trigger pro- shot. No, the progesterone. No? So I was on progesterone oh. for four months, one month leading up to my implantation and then three months into pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I'm a geriatric pregnancy because yeah. I'm older. <laughs> you and but, high but there are other ways to take progesterone. Yes, you, you can have, have the vaginal suppository. You can have, so, but my yeah. doctor said, my doctor said that because the, because the shot worked the first time he was like you can do the vaginal suppository the second time but if it doesn't work if this egg doesn't take you're never going to forgive yourself this seems yeah. like a lot to chance with a suppository let yeah. me tell you something I this shot though giggles for like a month yeah. the, the shot was well i did the shot um it, it was uh it was it's it's a pretty big shot but you don't you're not there yet don't worry about it it's not even part of this process um, my egg retrieval, the hormones didn't affect me. However, the, when you asked what the recovery is after the egg retrieval, I didn't have a physical recovery. However, I couldn't go back to working out right away because what, what it does is it enlarges your, right. um, you know, your uterus mm-hmm. and you can, you could actually flip, mm-hmm. your uterus could flip yeah. and get, um, mm-hmm. you could have like a twisted and then you need to actually have surgery. Yeah. Oh, so if Jeez, I were to go to run, you can't, you can't do fitness goals during this. <laughs> You gotta like take a little That's break. You gotta oh take a little God. break while you're doing this. It's just you, sometimes you just yeah. have to take yeah. a little break bullet. in yeah. life. Yeah. And if this is important to you, then like in the grand scheme of things, yeah. one month off of the gym is also not it'll prep you for actual children. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just don't get to go to the gym. <laughs> yeah. right. Jamie, I don't know what your experience was. Sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Um, I don't know what your experience was with the actual like eggs, but. 
my best friend from college, um, she had a hostile uterus, according to medicine. Um, so her first baby was born at 25 weeks. What is a hostile so uterus? It's an actual medical term, what which means like the uterus attacks the egg because <gasps> it's like a foreign body. So it's actually like a, a medical oh, term. So anyway, um, so she said, so she did a don't, um, a surrogate for her second child. Um, and I mean, luckily the baby survived after 111 days in the NICU, but you know, you don't want a baby born at 25 weeks. It's just not, you know, they're meant to go 40 weeks for anyone who doesn't know. Um, so, uh, she said when she did the egg freezing process or the, you know, retrieval process, she looked more pregnant then than she ever looked with her oh 25 gosh. weeks of actual pregnancy. So get looser pants because what it's if you guys uh, yeah, speaking yeah. of I and I am only they've had me on the pill now for three weeks which I haven't taken since college because I it makes me emotional and I blow up like a balloon as of right now that is what is happening this is I, good for blowing up balloons I, right now. but oh. I I busted the fly on my <laughs> jeans yesterday that's why I brought it up Allie <laughs> wearing a button fly today because I was so scared about what was going to happen to a zipper. And I'm not sitting here being like, oh my god, I'm fat. I'm just swollen for myself to the point where I'm wearing a button fly and these poor buttons (laughs) are hanging on for dear life. Like someone is trying, like someone is trying to rip a juice press (laughs) smoothie out of their hands. It is like this is it is impressive, and I'm breathing. You wear it well. Thank well, you. it is crazy. I have well, large breasts. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very you sexy. You can't see them. They're very sexy. Oh, well, it really is crazy what we go through. But I, you know, I just, I do urge anybody that's thinking about it to like reach out to Allie on Instagram, reach out to me, reach out to whoever. I talk about it a lot because I went through the IVF process, which is similar. Heidi went through her own version. Everybody has their own version of it. But, um, you know, if you're thinking about doing it, give it some consideration because I think it's, you know, I, it is amazing what is available to us today. Yes. And that is really kind of the point mm-hmm. of all of this and why I wanted to talk about this with you is because it is incredible, especially with places like Kind yes, Body that make I it so modern. Like yeah. And yeah. so let's kind of finish with that, your experience with Kind Body. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking of what's available to us, I am, I am so thrilled to have, I feel like I, it's almost worth that I waited this long yeah. that Kind Body was around. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, I'm doing it through a newer clinic called Kind Body. They have locations in New York, LA, and San Francisco. Um, it is an all female doctor team. And for the women in this room, there, there is, I do believe in female health being run by female health. I think there are amazing male doctors out there, but I just feel like there is a personal touch there. Um, they are significantly cheaper from a price point standpoint. No, that's what we were going to do. And they do finance. Mm-hmm. And then they also help you apply for financial assistance for the medication, which is actually one of the most expensive parts of it. So mm-hmm. they are aiming to make it more and more affordable and really work with the person. And then, you know, when I walked into Cornell, as much as, you know, they're, they are an amazing institution that gets amazing results. Everything we've spoken about in the last hour, this is 
a, a very personal, emotional journey I'm about to go through. And they really treat the person end to end to end. It is a beautiful space when you walk in. The woman at the front desk knows my name. I, you know, nothing is done in a group setting. It's like you, you could have to go in for like these where you learn how to take the medicine at Cornell. You just sign up for a class. You're there with like 30 other women. That was just me and the nurse. I spent two hours asking every question. Um, I needed to, I have a WhatsApp chat oh, wow. with wow. Kind Body. That's amazing. That's amazing. That they are available to me 24 seven wow. for Gosh. any questions That's that incredible. I have. It is yeah. unbelievable because they know. And so I am also filming my journey with them and they filmed, um, my last appointment going in where I had to have blood taken and I was learning how to take my medication and, I had not met that nurse yet, and it had come up that my mother had passed away from cancer because she had to ask me all of these questions about it, and she she took it upon herself to say, "Hey, you know, I think I think we got enough footage. You don't you don't need to get this part." And had the girl leave, the, had the our videographer leave the room, and turn to me very kindly, and she goes, "I just wanted you to have a private moment." Or I wanted to have a private moment with you uh, to address your mother. Right. And she goes, I know th- how intense this process is. And then it must be double hard for mm. you to, you know, we have a lot of women who come through mm. here who have lost their moms and don't have that support. And because we have to ask mm. you so many questions about it, and I just want you to mm. know if it ever gets too intense we have counselors available. I'm happy to set one up for you or we can talk about it right now. But if at any part of this process, it gets too intense, please know we are here for you emotionally as much as we are here for you physically. And that was the moment I knew I was in the right place. Yeah, that's amazing. So it is, that is, it it is. That's hard to find now. It is. And it, look, guys, it's not like the biggest deal in the world. Don't don't be scared to do it, but also don't underestimate that this is an emotional decision and it's emotional journey. And wherever you choose to do it, um, you know, surround yourself. Do it in a place where you feel is a good fit for you physically and emotionally. Have your support system in place. That's why I came to the podcast today. <laughs> this is my We're support so system. so glad you're here. Um, so, but and we are I, all I'm, here to support you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and the follow up episode <sighs> next week when I'm punched <laughs> with the horn. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't just for me. Oh, no, darn. Dead, dead parents get me. Oh, like, that's oh, why. And, and becoming a mom without a mom, like that's. I, I lost my dad, but I like. I've had my best friend lost her mom too, and the whole process of becoming a mom without a mom. Is, yeah, is a tough one. Yeah, it's I'm. A really tough I'm. One. I'm only getting the the tester of it yeah. now. You know, going through. Um, even this process, not not having a mom, it just yeah. I mean, this process brings up a lot. Period. Oh. But anytime I have a doctor's appointment, they ask my cancer history. Oh, I my dad had cancer. It's like yeah. the dentist, and you're like, okay. <laughs> 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 right. Yeah, right. Yeah, but it's so, and and this is just one step out of what will hopefully be a longer fertility journey. But that's part of the crazy part is. I don't even know what I have in store for the rest. 
maybe I have a but a now you have uterus options. and attacking yeah. it. A hostile oh, uterus. Hostile oh. uterus. I think yeah, I know my personality. Probably yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now take it. <laughs> take it one so step That might never come up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we I think that you help a lot of people in all yeah. of the things you do, this yeah. being no different. And we are so proud of you. Oh, and thank really, you. thank you for talking about this with us today. Thank you for having me. It's, it's, you know, I think it is so important that we continue to normalize conversations around so many areas of health, women's health, yeah. fertility. And I just give you guys such kudos for having me on here to talk about this. And um share the topic and keep normalizing these kinds of topics. So and thank come you. back and keep us put like we want you back to document what's going yeah, on. Yeah. If you want to. And everybody yeah. has to follow Ali yes. on Instagram because yeah. she is documenting the process yeah. there on her highlight. Yes. Yeah, so it is still at sweatlife underscore NYC. It's not um Alley teach quite yet, but or it might right. be when it's airs. I know, yeah, we'll, 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 sure. we'll, we'll or it, it might be <laughs> when we give you your air date, we'll yeah. figure it out. But we will post it also on the Off the Gram podcast yes. Instagram yes. to make sure Tiny that we're directing to the right place. Perfect. All right, let's lighten the mood. Aww. Let's get this. Let's get the show on the road and ask you our final couple of questions, which are I always joke they're really tough. Okay. Are you Are you ready, Ellie? I hope you're prepared. I'm so glad you're sitting down. Okay, ready? Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Oh boy. Number one. What is your favorite workout? That's a tough oh, one. Oh, come on. That is a tough one. <laughs> She's got like a thousand. Yeah. I know what it is. I, okay, I bet, I I bet you all actually could answer this. It's a Kira Kira yeah. Yeah. Second only to yoga with oh, Heidi Christopher and handstand training. Oh, yeah. oh, she's so, our old I am a stoked athlete yeah. through and through. Oh. I am a Kira Stokes prostolicizer. Can I say oh. that? That's a fancy word. Um, so Kira Stokes, I believe, is one of the smartest, and and I will use the word best. She, I, I to me, she is just the best trainer yeah. on the face of the earth. She, I started seeing her um, after my mother actually passed away, and we ran into each other at the fitting room. One of my other favorite workouts, um, and she had followed me on Instagram, knew what was going on, walked up to me and said, "I want you to start training with me. I'm scared you're not taking care of yourself." Aww. She doesn't she know me. That. She didn't know me. And she, I'm like, I can't afford you. She goes, I don't care. Aww. You're going to make an appointment with me next week. She followed up. She's good. Yeah. And she literally brought me yeah. back to life physically and mentally. And amazing. Kira has this reputation for being tough, and she is, but she is also that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has an app, um, Kira Stokes Fit, that you can download online awesome. if you're not in New York. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, try her. I'm building my app with the same people right oh, now. Oh, gosh. Oh. They, were, they were like, have you ever heard of Kira Stokes? And I'm like... <laughs> Have I heard of her? Yeah. <laughs> we need to do a Kira class, all of us. When yeah. she moved here from Boston, I did a big feature with her in Self Magazine because I was the fitness director of Self Magazine, and I'm in a video with her. Oh! oh. People be like, we should like do the video like, and film so it. Yes. Megan, we should do the video and film it. Oh, I got a lot. I got a couple of old videos. Love <laughs> 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 it. All right. Okay. 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 This okay. is supposed to be a lightning round. I know. Okay. Question Next question. Morning or evening workout? Evening. Oh. Yes! The only See? other person giving me a vibe. Can I, uh, can it be a trick question? Noon. I can say midday? Yeah. Sure. Yes. yes. Anything yes. Like, yes. like 12. Past noon. Like 9.30? Oh, yeah. 9.30 to like 12. All right. Oh, that's 9.30 is midday to us. 
Right, 9.30 yeah, is like my, like, I'm like, like I, I, I eat lunch at 9.30. I'm, I'm not the I'm only person that does sunset runs. <laughs> no, but I we know, interviewed Norma Kamali, and she said that 4.30 or 4 was, she like, the prime workout time. Yeah. Like, so your body, like, uh, yes. mood. All yes. right, last one. Coffee, tea, or matcha? Coffee! Yay. Nice. <laughs> okay, and then we okay. end all of our episodes with... Karma call. <laughs> I let Megan say it because she says it so well, but I describe it because karma is a Sanskrit word for action. So we ask all of our guests, our special amazing guests, um, to give our listeners and our viewers an action that they can take with them, something that they could do, something very small or little that they could do that would make a giant impact. What's yours, Allie? Check out desirelist.com. <laughs> I will say um, is if there is something about your health that you feel like you have been putting off, um, be proactive about it. Don't wait until something has gone wrong. Um, that is so, such a good one. Yeah. That's my Totally getting a mammogram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just got mine Those are two so weeks ago. painful when you have no boobs like me. They couldn't, like, find it I to squish it. Yeah, you can also find that on my Instagram, by the way, mammogram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's really, we, got ours, we got ours, like, a week apart. Yeah. That's such other. an important, actionable item. Thank you. That's yeah. a really, yeah, really good for, one. Thanks for bringing that one. Really good. Check out Saving lives. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and follow us at Off the Gram Podcast on Instagram. Yay. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hoo, hoo. <laughs>